Hi everyone and welcome to It's Just Not That Deep show. Sorry we have been away for a long, long, long time. Yeah, we apologise and just life happened to us as usual. But it's your host LV. Jazz. I'm Eve. Welcome guys. Hope everybody is well and healthy and blessed. Yeah, first of all, let us know how everybody is. DM us, interact with us on social media. But moving into the meaty or the veggie stuff, because you know, you know how people say like meaty. I love that. Yeah, yes, yes, that's that is. cute. That's cute. Good. Okay, <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> Thank you for the repetition. <laughs> so sorry if that hurt your ears. Yeah, so today's show is literally, well, we're wanting to talk about fitting into different spaces, I guess. So this is not about dress size or clothing, but more about how do we, how do we, I suppose in the room, obviously, there's only three women, but we're going to try and, I suppose, reflect on our own experiences. And we've kind of divided this talk into subcategories, but we want to think about how, how our experiences of fitting into different groups different spaces in our lives yeah have you ever like had trouble fitting in at work because I find that like Mm. I get that sense of imposter syndrome you know that's deep for the audience (laughs) you don't know what imposter syndrome is do tell do tell is the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck and not because of your talents or qualifications and this was first identified in 1978 by psychologists Pauline Clance and Suzanne Inez. Essentially, they theorised that women were uniquely affected by imposter syndrome. So a lot of the time, it's that feeling that you don't belong or mm. like your friends or colleagues are going to discover you as a fraud and you don't actually deserve your job and achievements. So it's a feeling. So what you know that feeling. first bit you said that it's a feeling that you got here... Because of luck. Yeah, you got her by chance. So it's kind of like when you get a certain role, you might think that, oh, like everyone around me is highly intelligent. They probably have more experience than I do. I don't really fit in. Have you ever like experienced that? I think, yeah, I agree that women are affected by this. But if you look at the minority stress model, Mm -hmm. which basically says that people from minority groups, so whether that's your LGBTQ+, whether that you're a woman whether you're a person of a different race, like you're more likely to experience multiple layers of discrimination. So, and I always think maybe there's something about that that affects your self-esteem, which then maybe affects your ability to perceive whether do I fit in here or do I not? Because I've had that when I think about racial self-esteem, for example, I always feel like, you know, particularly a certain type of training that I I am receiving, Mm. I do feel that, quite frankly, so having moved to London and, like, adapting and all the rest of it, I did feel that I don't belong there. I always felt like, what if they did positive discrimination and I just happened to be... I just happened to land here, like, Mm. and... Yeah, like, I think as we're thinking about diversity, I... I can't help but for me my first thing that I notice is the colour of my skin and my race mm. and I'm like okay well what if and also I do think a level of self-esteem does play into it like I do think that I'm not intelligent enough or I'm not good enough but I suppose I am surrounded by really really intelligent people but mm. then my upbringing has been so different like my academic upbringing has been really different I went to a computer I went to a public school whereas most people may have went to a private school 
people, even the fact if your parents are born and bred here, it makes a huge difference yeah, on sure. education and the way you speak and all the rest of it. So my upbringing was completely different. So right from the beginning, I was like, shit, I really feel like I don't fit in. Mm. And it's horrible because, but then you have to remember there's a feeling that you don't fit in and then there's actually a reality. Yeah. And it's only till recently that someone said to me that if you are feeling like this for a long, long time, there must be a, an element of truth to it. The reality probably is that you actually don't fit in mm. or people don't want you to fit in. But do you think people just make you feel like you don't fit in or is it actually an internal feeling that you have? Because those could be yeah. two different things. I think it's a bit of both, though, because I always think, like, I can potentially fit in here, mm. but it's obvious that I talk differently. It's obviously that I have interest and knowledge. Basically, I know that I'm very different to you, but then is that a reason to then not mm. ask me out on events or, ask you know, go to lunch together or go to some place? I'm not just talking about this training. I'm talking about holistically as well, mm. that people get so intimidating when someone is completely different from them and it's like we're not all that different there is some similarities it's it's really difficult to explain it i think one thing because i can relate to you on so many levels when you talk about i didn't grow up here but i came here and i've managed to sort of achieve some of the things that many people are still struggling to achieve Mm. and i remember going back to my family and everyone's like, oh my God, I've got this really good job and blah, blah, blah. It's very competitive. And they're always telling me like, oh yeah, that's obviously positive discrimination. And I kind of feel, sometimes I feel offended by that because it's like, I'm using my differences and my limitations as my my biggest strengths. So when I go to these places or when I make applications and I'm able to sit in front of my panel, these are the things that actually really highlight I don't even highlight like you know when it's when it comes to like racism when it comes to immigration problems when it comes to homelessness when it comes to mental health so those are our strengths which sometimes people look at as weaknesses Mm -hmm. that are actually used to like emphasize my strength so I always look at like those differences or those limitations that sometimes hold us back as things that you can actually use to propel you forward. Yeah. And that's how, that's that's always like something I always reflect on. But so this is why sometimes I get offended mm. when people be like, Oh yeah, of course that is positive discrimination. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. hell no, like, you know But it's interesting going back to that imposter syndrome. I do wonder how much of that is affected by self esteem. Yeah. And I you know what you were talking, Frida, what really reminded me of so if we if we think about this from a race and class perspective mm-hmm. of about fitting in and our and we own our opinions on this, it's not that we're talking about anyone else's opinion. But it reminded me of Martin Luther King when he says, I dream of a day where I get judged on the content of my character and not the colour of my skin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, obviously fantastically said, but then when you think back to how well it translates into reality. Even in the 21st century, there are people who genuinely get really scared of like, oh shit, how do I approach a conversation with you? Like, oh, what's, what's your, like your, I actually had someone say to me, oh, you know, like you're the ghetto one in the group. What? And I'm like, excuse me? Because to them, their definition of ghetto was someone that who can talk slang. And obviously, but then this is the thing though, I also do think that given that my majority of my friends I mean, you know, I hang out with many different types of friends, but maybe the majority of my friends are black and brown. Mm. I wonder if that then, if they then perceive me and label me in a certain way, and then 
that affects my ability of how much I then fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how someone would categorically identify you as a ghetto just because yeah. of the color of the skin of your friends or the people you hang yeah. out with the most. That is actually very. But then it insane. emphasizes. But then it emphasizes again that you are essentially very different, and yeah. you are reminded that not to, you know I grew up in a very heavy migrant area and everybody did talk slang and mm-hmm. you know all the rest of it but then it's like you shouldn't have to feel like it's not a reason to not fit I don't don't get me wrong there are there are obviously certain groups where you belong more than others but what I'm talking about is that like your workplace where you are supposed to feel like you fit in because obviously if you don't fit in it affects your productivity your yeah. self-esteem but thinking about race I've been reading lots of research papers about adolescence self-esteem and, you know, the various, it's multifactorial, different things affect the self-esteem, but one of them being is that people from minority groups forming stronger groups, mm-hmm. and obviously thinking evolutionary, and, you know, the, the homo sapiens and all of it, wanting to stick together and protect their own, and I suppose if somebody's like an abnormal, like not abnormal, but it's like normal, stands out, stands out as a deviation from them, it's like, oh, sorry, you can't fit in or we can't look after you. Mm. But then looking at racial self-esteem, they were saying that black children growing up had stronger levels of self-esteem because I guess it is something about, like even, for example, people who, well, I can't talk for everyone, but people who, you know when you go to a heavy school where there's like, you can clearly tell that you are the only black or brown kid there Mm. and you're like, well, and you feel very different, and people then start to treat you very differently, you don't fit in, that obviously affects your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm wondering how much of this is is that. Yeah, I definitely think that like self-esteem plays a big part in it, and also like your personality traits as well, mm. because sometimes people, like, like myself as well, I've experienced like, when you go into a workplace and you're surrounded by really big personalities yeah. and you're naturally someone who's quiet and that's just how you've always been and you almost feel like an imposter in that way as well because yeah. you're thinking, oh, like, should I be a lot more like them? Like, should I speak up more? Or should I just be myself? And how did I even get in this position? Because mm-hmm. the nature of the job is to be, like, assertive or louder mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, so I definitely think that definitely plays a part in it. But you know what you reminded me of? Like, so two things really. Mm. I mean, it's completely off topic, but all good leaders are not necessarily loud spoken leaders. Mm. So there's something about being patient and observing the process and mm. then being like, actually, as you've all been talking, I've noticed something. Yeah. Mm. The second thing is I like also, that. yeah, also, the second thing is if you think about the society that we're in, it's a very capitalistic, individualistic, based on the ideology of objectivity but if you think about our heritage and our cultures we're from like a very heavy collectivist society so maybe there's something about maybe there's I'm not saying like fitting you trying to fit in is a bad thing but maybe we're not used to um like always sort of showcasing that I'm unique and I'm an individual like maybe there isn't part of us that wants to belong because that's how you know, the teamwork makes the dream work, I guess. Mm, yeah. You achieve more when you're part of a team. I've even noticed that in, like, family settings as well. Mm. So from, like, personal experience where I've seen maybe, like, breakdowns in, like, friendships or just family relationships and, you know, there'll be the head of the family always kind of coming in and being like, oh, no, like, let's mm. sort this out, let's deal with this, you know, yeah. how can we 
make that better and it's like you can definitely use that in other settings but I guess it's different when you're someone that like might be from like a different background background. yeah if you're not used to that collective society you do kind of feel a bit alone it's like you try to bring that into the team but if they're not willing to change their ways then it can be like quite difficult it's sometimes Mm -hmm. very hard to challenge some certain cultures within our environment Mm -hmm. i like this quote very very much it's by audrey lord and it says that it's not our differences that divide us it is our inability to recognize accept and celebrate those differences mm. but then again it's like still you you know when you're like growing up mm. you don't realize that you want to fit in to. yeah and if you don't fit in then it has like you literally feel really lonely and mm. really depressed and, and isolated if you're then carrying all of that stuff into your adulthood mm. what's not to say that some of that gets triggered when you feel like shit I'm, i don't fit in here yeah mm. why is that mm. you know like insecurity because when that like trickles into friendships and Mm. you know it's like it's one thing to deal with that in a work setting but then in your friendships and your relationships around Mm. you then you start to question yourself Mm. you know wait just going back to families actually maybe it's so yeah with (laughs) where do you start with your family man (laughs) i think like one thing i've noticed and i always harp on about it is like thinking about my age and like this trajectory that I've taken in life Mm. and always feeling as if I'm way far behind compared to my friends Mm. back home um, and feeling like I'm almost like a bit of a failure. Mm. So that space, and you know, someone might just be like, yeah, but that's just family and that's just friends. But that space has had like a massive impact on me Mm. because never did I expect to find myself in this position. I'm very blessed and I'm very glad that I'm in this position. But no one kind of told me that, by the way, you're going to evolve into something different and you might not want to go with the flow with things and it's okay to be on a different trajectory. But then it's sometimes like people remind you. I don't know, maybe it's an insecurity of mine. I don't know. And ultimately as well, you tend to lose some people along the way, but no one ever tells you you have to experience it. Yeah, and I was going to ask you ladies how you actually deal with that when you no longer fit as a team with your friend because I think I'm in the process of doing that with a few people, but I find it so hard to let go. Emotionally draining Mm -hmm. as well. How do you deal with that? I think the first thing is, one thing I've learned so far is like we all inevitably get to a destination Mm-hmm. But some of us, our roads are going to always be very crooked. It's never going to be a straightforward. Mm-hmm. There's going to be lots of ups and downs. How mm-hmm. I deal with preparing myself for such journeys is I always make sure that I'm around very positive energy, mm-hmm. like very positive people. And if that is not through self-care or going to church, so it's around mm-hmm. the friends. And I've actually even said this before to so many of you guys. is like, I don't care if I have like one friend or two friends i don't need to have 10 of them there's actually a study that was done i don't remember it's actually a ted talk and they say that there's a place oh God, i wish i could remember i don't know much of the details but basically the psychologists were saying that they saw that people live longer in certain areas of the world compared to like first world mm-hmm. countries mm-hmm. and they say that this is because so when she carried out a long longitudinal study she found that in life 
all you need is three good friends mm. to live a happy, well, relatively or reasonably happy life. Mm. Or to live like a normal good mm. life. All you need is three friends. But I think sometimes we get lost in this translation of like relationships and mm. friends. And we think that the more the better. But mm. actually quality over quantity in most cases. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is one way of approaching it. And life, I think, generally life never prepares us for life. We learn and grow mm. and live. But again, it's coming back to self-care and self-positive mm. talk and just having a positive environment around you, positive vibes, positive energy around you. And I think as well, it also, because I definitely agree with you, because I think it also stems back to your attachments as well yeah. and how you've dealt with that. If you're mm. someone that's really like, anxious you find it very difficult to kind of like accept that a relationship or a friendship is isn't for you anymore so it's something that I probably still deal with now you know I find it very difficult to kind of let go Mm. of friendships especially because I'm a people pleaser as well so it's kind of like I'd rather please them Mm. and put them before my own needs even though I know that that person is not good for me anymore yeah, and, and like going back to like the whole theme of like fitting in, it's mm-hmm. like you don't work or function as a team. And I yeah. suppose like treating every friendship like a relationship as well. Although it is a relationship, isn't mm-hmm. it? But actually, you. I think I'd find it easy if someone was like fully toxic. But then there's yeah. instances where you know that this person is like bringing you down. But then, you know what you were saying? But then they they have kind moments. And then you're yeah. like, oh shit, yeah, maybe I feel bad for mm-hmm. saying that. But then you know mm-hmm. that actually you'd probably be better off not having a friendship with them yeah so even like navigating those spaces is quite difficult and like I guess it's all about like finding your feet like where Mm. do you fit in yeah but do you ever truly fit in I think it's more on a spectrum isn't it like you can gel so well with one group and then the next group you're like but then having said that like I found myself gelling more with people that are completely different to me and maybe there will be a common interest. Yeah. Like, for example, us. Like, we are, we're all very, very different. But yeah. there's something that's middle ground that binds us together. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, you always have different interests with different, like, groups of friends. Mm-hmm. So there'll be one group where it's just more of, like, a social thing. Like, you go out and... You just have fun. There's nothing kind of like deep yeah. about your conversations. Then there's other people you, you're really like, you know, just talking about like actual life. Right. Or and there's this thing I read actually, and I think it just I just really loved it. It just says that nothing in nature blooms all year, so be patient with yourself. And it's like going back to that thing, that phenomenon of like just be kinder to yourself sometimes. Mm, yeah. But then what do you do when you're in a situation where, like, let's just go back to work for a second, or uni, or education, or, I don't know, or, like, you have, you're, like, homosexual in a, in a heterosexual world, mm. and you know deep down inside you that you don't fit in, like, what, what, what do you do? Let's, let's, like, break it down. Let's say you're in a, a work or school environment. Like, how do you navigate that? And also, does anybody actually, is anybody attuned to that? Because I do wonder if it's like a society thing, like, oh, you know, little Jimmy will, will get resilient. He, he has to learn the tough way. But, you know, if he doesn't fit in, then he's just got to... Mm. It's, it's a very, very, very tough question. And I think this is where we even get things like seasonal um, mental illness. 
because it's like so many things around us affect us mm. most of the time we, we're not even in control of those things mm. and it's just mm. we are in unfortunate situations where you feel so disempowered mm. that you even lose you know any will to live sometimes just because of maybe who you are or being different mm. i think the difficulty even comes is when the group that you're surrounded by and you might be saying to them like oh you know like you know like for example my Punjabi friends I'll be like oh you know what I've been in these sometimes feel like I don't fit in and they're like what that's crazy like what do you mean you don't fit in like you're Punjabi with da, 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 da. and it's like no but then there's this one niggling bit but then you start thinking like what well, is that my insecurity that I'm projecting onto them mm. or are you or that whole transference and counter-transference thing, like, are you are you reminding me something that's really ugly that I don't want to face yet? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it, can it just be that you just don't fit in and that you can't see it, but you can? Mm. But again, it's also thinking and weighing it out, like, what are the things that make me different, mm. that make me stand out from everyone else around me? Mm. And when you're at peace with those things about yourself, then you're able to accept because you recognize mm. the differences mm. you're able to accept who you are because again it also sometimes stems back to self-identity mm. if you haven't reached that level like man's hierarchy needs mm. where you get to that place of self is it self-preservation oh, but you're self back in Self-actualization. Self-actualization. Oh my god. <laughs> Self-preservation. I'm sorry. Uh, Basically, once I've achieved everything, it's time to protect myself, yeah? End of hierarchy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it's also, you know, once you have, like, the basic needs to begin with, mm-hmm. and then you're moving up the hierarchy, and then you get to that place where, you know, your your identity is solid, you've accepted your differences and mm-hmm. who you are, you know, you're actualized who yourself is then I guess it kind of makes things a bit easier for you to deal with mm. I think I've been called this for a very long time coconut what? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah to be fair that's quite common yeah by people from where I come from mm. and I'm more, at first I was like okay, yeah that's annoying. hard but then you're like yeah you're coconut and you're like just because I don't do things that we yeah, apparently are meant to do or whatever or mm. You're like very different from everyone. But you still feel that connection, like you're still in touch exactly. with your tradition yeah. and culture. Absolutely, yes. Mm. But there's something about yourself that they recognize as a coconut. Mm. Yeah, they like, like like to highlight the the flaws and yeah. like the you know. It's not even the flaws, it's things like I don't know, maybe the majority of your friends are from very diverse backgrounds, mm. like and you know and for them it's like they only keep to themselves mm. yeah. so that to even begin with yeah is i wonder if that's protective or yeah because i think i've experienced this when i went back to zimbabwe for like mm. the first time having like since moving oh, yeah. and you know just being around like family and stuff like that literally was so obvious that they just didn't they just didn't Get. understand <laughs> Who why my accent was so english like Bruh, they really? really were so confused and well how were you supposed to sound more like them because i don't know if it's because they thought okay she's you know she left when she was nine not much has changed she left with an accent i'm sure she'll come back with one so you spoke english yeah spoke english but also remember the language as well and how to say it like 
even the accent as well. And it's like, I don't think they could grasp that. And it was like really difficult trying to communicate, especially with elder people mm-hmm. as well. It's like, that's always so a struggle. How does that make you feel though? It just made me feel like wanting to just, I guess, um, like camouflage myself and just hide mm. into the, the background because ultimately I think there's a lot of changes that still need to be made mm. in society, especially mm. back home, like in Africa, Ultra. Yeah. you know. Because, well, I mean, India. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because there are a lot of, I guess, views about just British people growing up in Britain. It's like you're yeah. rich or you have this going I, yeah. I'll never understand that you know and I, I think see. it's really hard like being also like a second generation of a your migrant family mm. like it's really hard to again like fitting trying to fit in mm. you're trying to like you've got you've adopted this British identity because mm. obviously you're born and raised here and you, you know your friends but then you also have maybe the language and the culture from back home mm. but then you're in this middle ground eventually where you're like the people back home see you as a foreigner. Mm. You probably are one, but they, they're like, oh, wow, you know, your skin colour is lighter. Like, you really... The, I, I remember someone said to me, like, you must have British blood in you. I was like, I'm not really sure what that is, but same. <laughs> yeah. And then people here are like, oh, wow, like, it's really salient that you are different. Mm. But then even, like, people with dual heritage. So it's that constant um, negotiation of your mm. identity on every level really so from being a foreigner in mm. your own land to being a Nasaylan in your homeland <laughs> yeah to now even trying to negotiate both of those identities within a different space yeah. like work or mm. within a society within a community as well it's, it's interesting very... because I was thinking like you know like the youth when they're growing up and people are like oh you know Little Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> to me, I don't even know with Jimmy, but you know, <laughs> little Jay. Oh, it's just lost. He's trying to just figure it out. That's why he's acting in a delinquent way. And it's like, no. When you're young and you're trying to figure out where you fit in, it's a huge deal. And people don't see that it does manifest when you do grow up. Mm. Like you said, I know I'm a people pleaser, so I'm having this need of like, I want to fit somewhere where I fully belong, and like people accept me for who I am. But there's certain places where I feel like I can't be myself because they're going to judge me to be the ghetto one or the coconut or whatever. Mm. But I think it's, I hate when people say like, oh yeah, they're just a bit lost. They're just trying to figure things out. It's like, no, it's actually a serious thing. I actually remember when I was in um, all girls school, I didn't really know. Basically, I liked everything and anything, like Mm. a bit of this identity, a bit of that. So I remember like listening to a completely different style of music and thinking like, yeah, yeah, this is where I belong. Um, and then I was like into something else I was like yeah this is where I belong when nobody actually told me that you can have all these layers to your your personality it's only now that I'm able to bond with so many people because of my taste in music for example but then at the time I was so desperate to fit in even now sometimes you're like oh I really want to feel part of the group I can just relax and be myself but then certain group dynamics don't allow you to feel yeah. that you can be yourself and that can be very very dangerous because it will end up harming yourself and having like and you know an impact on your well-being really did you guys have any experience i agree with you and i'm wondering did you guys have any experiences where you have tried to fit in or want to fit in but you just because it is a form of rejection as well oh yeah absolutely but that's the thing i think because i have 
moved around so much, okay. having like moved to different schools and met so many people. I've never really, like, I've just had to, I guess, adjust mm. to other people's way of, of being. And, or I've never really felt like I could bring out my personality. It's always kind of like catering to other people. And you took, you think you took their personality? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Because I, I even find, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but when you hang around people long enough, you start to emulate them a lot. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. In what That's way? So, wait, in what way? Like, personality-wise, the way you think about things, the way you view things, and you almost start to Whoa. think as well, like, is this my actual thoughts mm-hmm. or is this someone else's? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I become like, F after I leave. <laughs> I'm like, my Africanness, yeah. I didn't even know that I had starts coming up. Um, and, you know, my friends are like, where does this come from? And I'm like smacking the table. <laughs> <laughs> what F do? What F okay. One thing I'll say that one thing that is so admirable about ethnic minority groups mm. is that they are so adaptable and they can adjust easily. Mm. And I don't think that's something that is emphasized so much as a strength. Mm. You mean it is in our, our identities because we we're in a majority. Yes. So we've had to... Yes. Okay, yeah. So, like, sometimes, whether forcefully or just because of the system, yeah. you're forced to step up. And sometimes it's very constantly yeah. to the point that they there's never a space to even reflect on yeah. how did that go. Like, just be reflective yeah. about or reflexive about the whole situation. And I think that is so beautiful about mm. us. Um, um, and one thing I'll also say when you're talking about, like, sometimes picking up and emulating some of your friends' identities <laughs> and character. Yeah. I am very guilty of that. Oh, God, it's cool. Honestly, it makes me more certain. <laughs> but I'll say that one thing I learned, I learned this about three years ago mm-hmm. it's about being mindful so I always try to practice mindfulness okay. I sound very psychological right now mm. but I try to practice mindfulness even if it's taking a walk and just cut out everything else and whether it's for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so at least I try that almost every day or every other day and I think it just helps me to sort of maintain and harness who really I am and I think when I started doing that I've seen that I've started to like be more confident about like mm-hmm. I always seem very African and this Africanness will come out. I think it's Hello. you just embrace it and just be like I'll bring it to the table anywhere any day, because again it's about that difference and just really yeah being using it as your strength and people like that. Again. So what do you think? Because um, I'm also thinking like your level of education, mm-hmm. like that can affect when you feel like, do I fit in here or not? Or, like, you know, even, like, some... I'm just talking from a girl's experience. Like, even some, like, girl groups and friendships, mm. there's always this thing of, like... I know I felt it growing up, like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not pretty like they, or I'm not as pretty, mm. or I'm not getting as many attention of guys. Mm. And then you automatically feel... This is what I'm saying. It's like a process, isn't it? It's not just yeah. like, oh, I don't fit in here, see you later. And probably now we do. But it's like shit, I don't fit in here, I'm not doing X, Y, Z, affecting your self-esteem, probably spirals into other mental health difficulties, maybe become more withdrawn, 
might start to do reckless and harmful behaviors in order to feel like you fit in but then it's like an in, a conflict with your values because somewhere mm. down so inside you you know that this is not me this mm. is not I'm not the person that drinks or smokes a lot like this is not good for me so that's what I'm saying like for you guys how do you think not fitting in affects you do you think or like what's your experience been of like, in what way has it impacted you I think like educationally or like academically I found that the groups of friends that I have now are kind of at the same wavelength or at the same kind of mm-hmm. level playing field as me mm-hmm. academically mm-hmm. or career-wise mm-hmm. or they have the same kind of ambitions as I do mm-hmm. whereas before it was very mixed it was like you know you'd have one friend that just didn't want to deal with education at all or mm-hmm. they just were happy you know doing um whatever like yeah. you know working or whatever the case may be so I do find that over time you just gravitate towards people mm-hmm. that are sorry yeah no I was gonna say so what do you think happened when you were in like a mixed group of people with different academic abilities how do you think that impacted you it impacted me because I felt like the conversations could only go so far, mm. you know, especially when you start to think outside the box and yes. you start to think about things on a different level, but they can't relate mm. to you or they just don't mm. want to, like, they're just happy in their yeah. own kind of bubble. So how did you, like, evolve? As hard as it sounds, the it, there's only really been a couple of people that I've cut off just like been like you know mm. what I'm I'm ending this and mm. that's that's it kind of thing which wasn't the right thing to do looking back okay. but I don't think I've yeah to be honest I don't think I've ever had actual conversations like this isn't working out you know, <laughs> oh like, my you god know, you know can this you isn't imagine? working out it's not oh. you it's no but me. some people some people have you know? because they like you know if you're living with someone oh yeah that's quite <laughs> If you're living with someone and they're coming out with a corset and makeup yeah, on with a day off. Yeah, have those conversations. <laughs> but it's a lot easier, I think, when you're not in contact with them as much. We don't mm. know. Absolutely. In fact, when I look back at some of the friendships, <laughs> it was so stressful. Yeah. And I think I, or I remember where I felt my friend was starting to be a bit disrespectful and also using like my weaknesses against um, me and stuff mm. so and I remember because I lived with them it was really really hard so mm. I just remember burying myself in work or going out a lot like any reason to be in the house because yeah. I, I, did, I didn't feel like I don't know if this bazaar is a good thing but sometimes when people do me wrong I find it hard to find a reason to get, have that conversation because yeah. I just feel like by the time you throw me under the bus or you you yeah. know you <clears throat> box me below the belt like which you did consciously mm. and I've given you my love and my care and my attention That's I've been the there for you mm. and you do me like that you don't even deserve that level of respect yeah. for me to come and have a conversation with you like I'm done and I'm you walking send away. A That's termination contract to be posted. Listen, you'll be lucky if you even find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or receive That's it. Addressing internally Please sign here. Period. And that's it. And looking back now, I don't know if that was helpful, but 
I didn't feel bad about well. It was emotionally draining at the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing to do, but and it's not many people I've done that to mm-hmm. or it's happened with, but I think that I just just don't feel like I owe you that respect. Yeah. And weirdly enough though, because I had a similar experience where there was a friend, you know, when we were much younger, we got into a situation or, or whatever where we were just like arguing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you what it was about at the time, but I was that convicted that this friendship wasn't for me, mm-hmm. just solely based off of like just the fact that we were just on different wavelengths and. I think it was kind of my way out. Okay. You know, I felt like that argument was my way out. But weirdly enough, my conscience was, and this is the thing, conscience is a powerful thing because I started to have dreams about her mm-hmm. when we broke the friendship off. So it's kind of like I didn't have that closure, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I felt like I needed that conversation to kind of be like, okay, let's just leave this. So it resulted... in conversation. Yeah, yeah. because... Yeah, I would just have random like dreams about always being in situations where I'd bump into her mm-hmm. in those dreams, and then eight years later, because we didn't speak for over eight years, Whoa. and then it just so happened that there was a situation where I had to invite people from like our you know our mutual sort of friends and stuff, and it was like a big event, so I had to reach out to her in order to invite her. So it was like, how did that go down? Well, this is the thing. Weirdly enough, like she was very open to it. She was kind of Which like, oh, I thought that you didn't like me anymore. And I was like, we can put it down to we were young. Oh. Let's just move on. Because this was when we were like 13, 14, oh. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's oh. how long it was. Oh so God. it was kind of like, you know, when you're just petty and. That but at the time, it feels so it real. Like, how so, dare yeah. you? You insult me trained, and my like. family. <laughs> and it's like, you get asked oh, with you by your parents because it's like you're starting unnecessary drama. Yeah. And then you're like, no one understands me. I don't exactly. fit anywhere. And you're yeah. like, it's like the end of the world, literally, no. when you're much younger. I remember, like, with my cousin, our aunt always used to bring us, like, the same stuff, mm. same dolls. She would always like look at look at both of them and then be like, okay, yeah, you have that one. I always used to be that. I don't want to say dopey, but like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> chubby child, you know. And then I'd be like happily playing with it. This is this is like note my words. I'd be happily playing with it. Yeah. Then she'd be like, actually, no, I want that one. And I'd be like, they're the exact same. And she would be really forceful and take them. Yeah. And it was such a bossy relationship. And I've actually noticed this throughout my interactions with people that I do go above and beyond mm. or I do do too much in mm. order to keep the equilibrium in the relationship when I'm like no man like that's my doll yeah I've brushed her hair like you can go and do one like you've got your like I suppose what I'm saying is like what you should do in order to kind of because also your energy is important like your exactly yeah. your 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 mm. important man like, yeah. yeah but then I suppose in a work setting you can't just you know, send death threats like me. You know what? Yeah, at the MDT meeting, I saw you the way you looked at me, and I'm gonna do da 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 da. da. So yeah. like, how would you navigate that if you feel like okay, you know what? I really don't fit here. So what I do, what I've always done is I go to work, and work is work. Once I'm out of that door, 
I've looked rock behind me. Mm. So you keep it professional. Yeah. And my goodness, that has helped me so much because as I've been having a conversation with one of my friends yesterday, I've worked in the most highly emotive, tense, tensive environment. Mm. That honestly, I think if I didn't do that, I would have had a breakdown by now because mm. it was just so traumatizing. Mm. So I think I was speaking to somebody uh, who was very hopeful and she's like, just wear two hats. Once you go to work at the door, wear your work hat. Go to work, work. Anything, any drama, any politics, any anything. Mm-hmm. Just leave it once you're out of that door. Once you lock that door, that's it. And I remember we, my former manager actually told me that when I first started mm. in this career, uh, mm. this is about four years ago, I remember my, my manager sitting me down and was like, I need you to be exceptional. I don't want to hear you in any groups. I don't want to hear you in Seriously? any fights. Mm. I don't want to hear you talking about anybody. I don't, like the way she talked to me was like, as a professional mother. Yeah. So from that time on up to now, like I maintain that standard. Like even when th- I don't want to even get involved in any sort of like mm. bitchiness or yeah. anything at all. And I think it's really, really helped me. So mm-hmm. I just make sure I stay positive. I smile, even when someone has really upset me. I like I will talk to them. I'm mm. very professional. I'll talk to them. I'll be like, I, I don't really appreciate this, but mm. how do we move on from this? I come with a positive mind. I don't come to just point the finger at you. Yeah. I come with I need. I need us to cover a plan moving forward. Because mm. if it's me or if it's you or if it's we need to hash it out and just keep going. You don't send them the termination. Yeah. I don't no, not <laughs> at work. <laughs> and when I'm out of work, mm. listen. Maybe it's just something around boundaries that like it's okay to but I suppose like what if you know that because you're so different, like your voice isn't being heard? Like when it mm. starts to become a bit more problematic, I suppose. I suppose, yeah, you would escalate it. So one thing I learned, again, is that sometimes it can be hard to fight a system or a Mm. culture or an organisation. Because remember, it's just you against everyone else. Mm. So one of the best advice I got is look out for anyone who's probably being affected by similar experiences as Mm. you are. You know, you just have to be very smart and savvy about it. Because sometimes it can be very, very draining and emotionally breaking when it's just you against them, if that makes sense. So you look out and then you try to make a plan of how do we push this thing forward, this problem, how do we get them to address this problem? Because it's not just me, but it's maybe you and you and whoever. Because I suppose some of it is about, like, do you work in a team? Do you work by yourself? Mm. Yeah. And I guess it's just having an open mind. Um, I've utilised supervision a lot. Mm. I've had people say comments to me that I can't even go up to that boss person and be like, this has happened, but through supervision, Mm. I've been able to sort of find clarity. Mm. And sometimes you'll leave honestly feeling like, actually, it's not me, it's them. On a positivity note, before we end, I think that's important to remember that it's not always you. Mm. Like, because I think I used to do a lot of that, that, oh, it must be me, that's why I'm not fitting in. Mm. And actually, it's not. Mm. And also, like, you are important and you do matter. It's okay to explore your identity. Mm. Doesn't mean that 
because you do this or you are this way, that means you have to go seek friends that are exactly mm. the same. Yeah. Yeah, let us know what your thoughts are about fitting in. I suppose we covered like various different domains that some we may have like missed out. And I know we sometimes like jump from bit to bit, but that's just because we have too much to say. But yeah, I suppose interact with us on Instagram. It's just not that deep. Facebook. Facebook. It's just not that deep either. Email. It's just not that deep at gmail.com. Dot com. Dot com. Make sure you guys subscribe. Oh, wait, do you say subscribe? No, you would like. Yeah, make sure you guys like our posts and follow us and leave comments. All the feedback we can get and we very much like to hear from you. Also, if you want to feature on our show, also drop us a message. Yeah. We very much like compliments. Shout you out. Shout you out. Um, Just make sure you wear crisps here. Because <laughs> sometimes we get pet here. That was a joke. <laughs> oh, it was a joke. <laughs> See, it's coming out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and on that note, it's just, just not, not that deep, deep boy. boy.